Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are life coaches Cindy Chavez and Jackie Gates. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And I'm particularly happy we have a new intro. I finally got it done. How about Yay. that? <laughs> Yay. It really worked, Jackie, all the talking about putting yeah. things off and getting things And I suddenly have you guys full screen, too. All oh, of a sudden. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't know. I just went out and came back in again as usual, and then I hit on the big screen, and here I am. So full screen. Yay. All right. Full screen, name and lights. Oh, my Lord, I'm really rocking it today. <laughs> well, it's like we said before the show, you are always supposed to be in lights. That's been your entire career. So it's, you know, this it had to be, right? This, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, so this this is just, this is fulfilling destiny. That's what this Indeed. is Indeed, yes. <laughs> So anyway, we, we're going to have a little fun today. Um, anyone who's turning into the live stream, if you have questions that you'd like to bring in for life coaches, because we got two great life coaches here to answer, uh-huh. that would be wonderful. But in the meantime, I'm going to uh, first. I'm going to start with a, a an intro or um, sorry, a promo or two, and then I'm going to bring in a topic. Assuming we don't get questions from live stream audience, because you can never really be sure what's going to happen there. But I'm going to bring in a topic that I've been. I was telling Cindy before the show, I've been thinking about this for like the last 48 hours or so. Okay. Um, kind of inspired by what I've been doing in the Taya boot camp. But basically what I've been doing, I've, I've been piecing together in my mind the various ways that we create problems for ourselves and then we try to fix them. <laughs> and then, and then I want to see, I want, I want to kind of get your input on them. And, and it's, it's, it's sort of quasi humorous, quite, it's also got kind of a rather sick side to it in terms of, the, the way the scenario keeps playing out because the, the scenario always ends in everybody dying. But, you know, it gets kind of silly after a while. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> but anyway, first and, first and foremost, I've been telling everybody, um, I am in the process now of adding a second co-host for both the Monday and the Tuesday shows. I have had a couple of people from the live stream, from the uh, studio, no studio audience, from the uh, podcast audience, um, who have expressed some interest. Um, one of them actually is going to be coming on to, the Tuesday show to do kind of a check it out, see how it works kind of thing in a couple of weeks. So that's good. We have a second one that I've been kind of playing a little phone tag with. We're seeing where that's going to go. Um, but that doesn't mean that all the slots are filled. So if there are any listeners um, who have not heard this message before now, who have always thought about, gee, it'd be kind of fun to be on the show as a co-host. Um, you know, this is your chance. So reach out to me. Uh, you can send an email to me, walt at LOAToday.net. You can use the LOA Today app to send me a message. You can send me a message on Facebook. You can send me a carrier pigeon. It doesn't really matter how you get it to me. Um, just reach out. Yes. Yes. I'll just, I'll just beam the messages to you. That's good. That's good. I'm I'm actually learning that and I'm getting there. I have a suggestion for you already. So actually Cindy and I have been talking about it. So yes, we have somebody we'd like to offer. Well, hey, yes, yes. We, can, we can handle yeah, that. Yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> so absolutely, yeah. So so send in a, a note if you're interested in uh, talking about it further. I, I have to tell you, the the, um, the woman who is a, a listener who's going to be joining us in a couple of weeks on Tuesday, it, it was an interesting phone conversation I had with her. And I won't go into all the details of it, but the bottom line was she was so excited to be speaking to me because she's been listening to me all these years. Wow. And And I was thinking Same. about that. And I was really like, well, that's, that's probably true, you know, because, you know, they're, they're, we got, you know, 600 or so listeners who listen to every episode. So, yeah, of course, that's going to go on. But I never thought of myself as a personality. 
I just never thought of myself that way. I, I'm, just, I'm a guy who goes onto a podcast, talks to my friends, and then it gets recorded and, and sends someplace, and other people get to listen. That That's what it is from my perspective. You know that Oprah says the same thing. I just sit on the couch and talk to people. Right, yeah. Well, there you go. You're on the right track. <laughs> okay. So. You no, know, well, it's funny thinking about, uh, I know you've done the podcast. You started it way before uh, the two of us knew each other. Mm-hmm. But when when I first started doing the podcast with you, and I know I had already gone through a lot of different iterations, but we were doing three shows a week. Yeah. At like for me, it was like get up at five in the morning shows because we were doing morning shows for rush hour traffic. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like there were just a little handful of co-hosts, and it's just grown and grown, and it's like awesome to watch it how it's changed and grown since then, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then to realize that that we really are touching people's lives in an important way, because yeah. that's that's what she was. I mean, what's the uh, subtitle of the show? Your daily dose of happy. Well, that's exactly what she looks for from it. That's what she was telling me. She said she looks, she gets excited about how it just lifts her right up every time. I'm thinking, wow, mission accomplished. Well, well cool. it right up every time, like I, right when we get finished, we're always like, oh yeah, you know, we're good, buzzing. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't. So yeah, it's, it's good. So I guess that's just my way of expressing appreciation to everybody who's listening. Like, thank you. This is really great. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and I'm looking forward to that. talking to people. We haven't done that in a while. Um, not that we haven't been grateful, but we haven't talked about it a lot, but we are True. very grateful for all the people that listen and send us nice messages and let us know that oh, yeah. their lives are better because of listening and all of that. That's, that's the whole reason, right? That we're here. And so that's, Super great when we get, um, you know, a, a shout out from you on social media or when mm-hmm. you get a private email or when you go through the app and send us a message. It's so nice to get those little reminders that, you know, that you're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And when you join the live stream and ask questions and make ah. have a conversation with us, that's even better. Yes. That is. <laughs> We definitely love that part. So, yeah, by all means, if you can do that, I mean, I know with the way life is these days, it's almost impossible for most people to say, well, I can be there at a particular time. But uh, if you can, it's really great. So, you know, feel free to drop right in. Um, something else that I wanted to talk about, too, and this kind of ties into where um, I was going to go with a topic for today. But I want to talk about how when we're doing these shows, it's also affecting us. Because I, I'll, well, I'll speak for myself. It was the main reason why I started the podcast in the first place. I, I felt like I didn't know much about law of attraction. I, I didn't understand why it wasn't working in my life. I certainly didn't feel qualified to teach it to anybody else. So I figured I'll just bring on a bunch of experts and they can teach it to me. I'll do a podcast about that. <laughs> <Smart>. <laughs> really and, smart. And, and that's what it turned into. And I kept bringing in all these people who were coaches and experts and, you know, People had written books and, you know, they had created amazing businesses and all, all this kind of stuff. And it just kept evolving and evolving. And I kept getting smarter and smarter listening to all these smart people every single week. It's like, oh my goodness. You're the this average is great. of the five people you surround yourself with and they don't have to be in the room. That's true. And I learned that really, that really early true. on. Yeah. 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 That's mm-hmm. so true. Mm-hmm. In fact, point. as I think about it right now, I hadn't thought about it in these terms. I created my own mastermind. You did indeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly what it, what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, they don't have to be in the room. They just have to be in your ears. 
And yeah, that's that's all they were at first. There wasn't yeah. even video the first four oh, or five yeah. years. Oh, like yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Video this year, right? Yeah. yeah, video is really relatively new for us, but the audio is all about, for the longest time, it was a phone call. Wow. <laughs> In the earliest lot. days, it was a <laughs> phone call. Yeah. Very <laughs> so, cool. And, you know, I got, a message, um, I got a message fairly recently from – one of the people that works in the radio station that carries us and mm. said, I just wanted to let you know uh, that I still love listening to you so much. And it was like, so nice, right? It is. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Ready and, uh, reviews are always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's such a lift. And, and by the way, there are times when I've needed that lift. You know, to see that comment or see that email, like, oh, boy, that came in at exactly the right time because yeah. I was just down the spiral and I wasn't feeling very good. And it helped me lift me up. So, again, yeah. it works both directions. Why you need a file of fabulousness. Yes. Yes. And you're an expert on that, for sure. The <laughs> file yeah, of fabulousness. I podcast title. It was like the file of Jackie's file of fabulousness. It was like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it makes all the, because, you know, we're human. We're going to have wobbly days. We need to have those nice things that people said about us. And, you know, they always yeah. talk about when, when people write a letter, whether it's a letter of praise or a letter of complaint, you know, as a business owner, when you get one, you know, especially on a letter of someone being unhappy about something, then they say that if there's one letter, then there's, you know, 10 other people that feel the same way or whatever. Right. They just don't write the letter. And so many times I've convinced myself to go ahead and send the email when I've had a thought about something that touched me. And then I think, well, you know, um, and I don't do anything about it. But that person m might have a 100 people out there thinking, that it was really great, but none of them write an email or reach out or say anything. Mm -hmm. So we don't know it unless you say something. And I've tried to adopt that in my own life, like when I appreciate someone to say it. Because I noticed for the longest time, like I would be appreciating something like as simple as, okay, like today, Jackie looks fabulous today. And I just love the outfit that she has on, but I wouldn't say anything. I think it to myself. I think <laughs> Gosh, Jackie's necklace is gorgeous, but I would never say it. Right. And so mm -hmm. I started prompting myself to compliment people when it's in my head. And the, there's no there's no um, decision that I make not to say it. It's just I just don't, and I don't think about it mm -hmm. till later. And I think, why didn't I say something? And so, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, giving compliments and receiving compliments is a really easy way to flex your uh, receiving muscles as well as your and your appreciation muscles. Right? muscles. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, right. Because where your attention goes, energy flows, and you'll get more of things to yep. appreciate, more of more people who compliment you or whatever it is, you know, and it's like, or like, like Walt says, when you need it most, it'll show up because that's how things work. So, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very Which cool. I find to be reassuring, by the way. Mm, very much so. Yeah. 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 I mean, thank goodness. <laughs> Mm -hmm. The show has been a, a vibe lifter for us <laughs> forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I mentioned that I had this little scenario I wanted to go through, and, and it, it's one. Of, it's kind of like you know what? A, uh, in, in music, you have a round, and, and, you, and you just keep mm -hmm. doing the thing over and over again. Well, this is going to be the same kind of thing. It's going to be kind of, kind of like a, a story in the round. All right. Okay. Um, and it, it's more like a metaphorical story than anything else. Okay. And I'm kind of drawing from the Abraham Hicks story about paddling upstream versus paddling downstream, but I'm changing the metaphor around. It's not the same metaphor. 
Okay. This is a metaphor of what happens when you ride down the stream of what you don't like and don't want. Which is the way, that's the stream most people, actually, for many people, it's a raging river. But is that, is that riding down a stream or is that upstream? (laughs) Well, in the Abraham Hicks model, it's upstream. But yeah. in, in the metaphor, I'm telling it's a downstream one, and you'll see why in a moment. Because we get caught up in it, right? Okay. We, well, not only do we get caught up in it, but it ends up going over a cliff into a water, waterfall that goes down and breaks up on the rocks. So you, you can kind of see how the whole metaphor is going to go. But the reason it's in kind of a round form is that I'm going to give us a series of ways uh, that, that we kind of play out that scene, so to speak that are very typical of the way people in general do it, as well as people within LOA circles and so on and so forth, to kind of illustrate all the different ways that people deal with all these negative flows that they're in. And then I just want to get your comments on them, okay? Okay. So first one I'm, I'm going to draw on is, like, I'll call this one, like, the the generic society-wide way that people ride down their, their downstream of what they don't want, don't like. They're riding in this canoe. They got, there, there are two people in the canoe and they're going down this stream and they're, they're, it's a stream of all the stuff they don't like and don't want. And the stream is going faster and faster and faster. And they realize that they're coming up on a waterfall and they start to panic and, oh my God, the waterfall is coming. What the frig is going on? We're going to go over. We're going to die. And they go over the top of the waterfall. They, they crash on the rocks down below and they die. Okay. So they're reincarnated and they come back again. And they're on the water again. And this time they're on the water and they're on the same water of all this stuff that they don't like and don't want. And they're flowing down this river. I have this memory that I went through this before. This is a past <laughs> life experience. I'm reliving it right now. And I'm floating down the river and they're talking to each other in the canoe. Like, what, what did we do last time? Well, we died last time. Oh my God, we're going to die. And we go over the cliff and we die. And we hit, and we hit the rocks at the bottom. So we come back another time. This time we're riding down the river, but there's a canoe in front of us. And in the canoe in front of us, we see the canoe rise above the water. And it's just floating above the waterfall. And we're saying, we're saved. Somebody has figured this out. Our Savior has come to teach us and uh, you know how to be better people so we won't get pil- killed going over the waterfall. And the people in the canoe who are floating over the waterfall are looking at us and we're looking at them. We're saying, please, Master, save us as we go over the waterfall. Wait, Master, I will, I will do anything you want. I will pray to you. Ah! And crash and fall on the rocks and die. <laughs> so we come back a fourth time. <laughs> and this time we're riding down the water. And we're saying to ourselves, well, I have this memory that I went through this before and I tried to get saved, but saving didn't help me. I'm going to think positive thoughts. Okay. So here I am. I'm riding down the river and I'm thinking my positive thoughts and oh my God, I'm going over the attack and crashes on the rocks again. And, and so we keep coming back over and over again, trying to these different ways. How can we avoid going over the waterfall? How can we end up crashing on the rocks below? And then finally, one time we come back. This is like lifetime number 76, right? And we've been through this a few times, like, okay, yeah, we know what's happening here. Like, okay, this is an old, old story. I recognize this one. So we're talking to each other in the canoe, you know, the two people who are in the canoe. Well, what are we going to do this time? Just screw it. We know what's going to happen. Let's just enjoy where we are right now. Okay. So we're riding on the, on the water and, you know, it's nice water actually. And what a beautiful shoreline that is. And, you know, they're just talking about all the stuff they're liking about the trip. And all of a sudden they find themselves floating above the waterfall. And then there's a canoe coming up behind them and say, we're safe. <laughs> I love that. 
pretty that is very you, good. You, you, you can play that out a lot of different ways, but it really illustrates a, a few things. First of all, it illustrates how uh, when we are focused on all the stuff that we don't like, obviously we keep running into the same situation over and over and over again. We end up having the same kind of result over and over and over again. We try different things. We try to grow in different ways. We aren't really sure what we're doing. Kind of illustrative of how I got my own law of attraction understanding going. And we pick up things along the way. We try them out and so forth. And all of a sudden something works and we say, what just happened? Mm. And we aren't sure what to make out of it. Mm-hmm. And probably the next time we go, it's like we go over the waterfall again because we didn't believe what happened the first time. And I guess the reason I'm bringing it up with you guys is your life coaches. You deal with people who are riding down that downstream. That's a really nasty downstream all the time. You're trying to help them teach them how to float above the waterfall <laughs> or some equivalent, some yeah. way to change the path, you know, paddle upstream, whatever, do something different to shift that, that perspective. I well, think, go ahead, Jen, go ahead. I, okay. I think that actually what coaches do is not so much teach you how to do the noticing and stuff, but they mirror all the things you actually know, but you've forgotten every time you went over the waterfall. And so you, I think we mirror for, so that you can see what you already know. And you start being able to go, well, last time I did this thing where I was really appreciating the canoe and everything. So I'm going to do that again. And the time before that, we were, I, I, I decided not to stress about it. So I'm going to try that again. And a, and a good coach will be able to say, you see how you thought this and that happened, but the time you thought this, this happened? Well, let's lean on the one that is bringing you the result and experience you want. Um, for me, coaching is very much a case of mirroring, being able to show you. You can't read you can't read the code when you're in the program. You can't read the label when you're in the jar. So that's why, that's why coaches help you see. They give you a different perspective so that you can see the things you were doing right and do more of those. That's good. Mm-hmm. I, when you were telling that story, I was thinking about two things. Um, one of them, there's a very famous Buddhist nun named Pema Chodron who says, a thing never goes away until you learn what it's there to teach you. Mm. Right. And as Jackie will know this too, as coaches, um, we see a lot of patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked me once, what, what's the thing that nobody knows really that you don't talk about, but that you're really good at like a superpower. And I said, pattern recognition. Um, I, I see patterns in people's behavior really, really easily. They show up really brightly for me. And I think I've been thinking a lot about, because one of my favorite movie genres is time travel, books and movies. I love books and movies about time travel. And we watched a movie, um, it might have even been called Time Loop, but it was about a time loop. And if you know anything about time travel movies, often time loops are there. And the simplest one that everybody's probably seen is Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Where the guy lives the same exact day over and over and over, wakes up every day, it's the same song on the radio alarm and it goes through. But what happens as he goes through that same day is he goes through different phases of how he's going to deal with each thing. Like suddenly he knows where the water puddle is and he doesn't trip in the puddle anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like, well, I know I'm, I'm not going to take 
all of this too seriously. I'm going to steal a car and go for a joyride because who cares? You know, I'm going to do it all tomorrow. So, so sometimes, you know, I think Jackie brought this up last week or one of us brought it up about when we feel like we're in a pattern or we're in a time loop, like, Oh my God, I just come right back around again. I'm right at square one again. I've just gone through the whole thing. I can look back and see I've been through this so many times before, but the truth is it's not a circle. It's a spiral. Mm-hmm. Learn something during that time, you know, and as you go up that spiral, you learn more and you learn it quicker. And finally, you know, at some point you recognize the pattern and then, you know, pattern recognition is the first step to breaking a pattern. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we say, like you said, you know, in the story, the idea was, you know what? We've been this through so many times, so let's just enjoy the ride. Right. <laughs> this is kind of nice water, you know, this, yeah. this is not so bad. We don't have to panic. And at that point, you the canoe floats above the water. And I think that's it is, is part of it is not taking everything so seriously and recognizing that, you know, we will get through it. And the other thing is that, you know, in, in Judaism, there's a, a Hebrew word for reincarnation. You were talking about reincarnation and I realized you're talking about it as a metaphor, but the word is Gilgul, which means wheel. Oh my. Okay. Right? We just, we're going around and around. Like we're coming back around. Mm-hmm. I always joke cause I was born Catholic and then I became a Christian and then I had an Orthodox Jewish conversion. I practiced Buddhism and I'm a magician. I don't have to come back. I don't think I'm just going to do it all. Just do it all in one. Well, life. actually she's inventing her own wheel. That's what's going on. Yeah, this is what's happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I just need to get in that floating canoe for a while. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love it. I think it's true. I think if we, if we would recognize that, and that's, that's one of those things, the more we love ourselves, right? The more mm-hmm. we love ourselves, the, the easier it is for everything to change. Mm-hmm. So instead of beating ourselves up and panicking over everything that's going wrong, because those two things are often connected. Why did I make that decision? Oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. How could I have done that? Why are we here? Instead of just like, okay, you know what? Let's just take a moment to breathe and enjoy the ride. Notice that the water is really nice Mm -hmm. um, because we expect good things to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Expectation is important. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, we talk about that, um, that thing where we don't, we don't, belittle ourselves or berate ourselves or where we find ourselves back at the same time. And that's, there's that saying, you can never enter the same river twice. You are never in the same experience twice. You are different. Um, but when you know differently, the trick is to do differently mm-hmm. because otherwise the knowledge is just academic, right? Yes. Um, and so if you keep doing the same thing and the day you realize you keep doing the same thing and then you do it again, that's, yeah, you're really making your own loop at that point. If you want to, you know, so the recognition of the pattern and then doing something out of the pattern to change. That's, it's like in your story, they're going, okay, well, you know, we're not going to panic. We've decided we're going to just admire, let's just relax a little bit as much as we possibly can. And then we do that. And that's different. And then the pattern untangles a little bit. And then you do something and the pattern untangles and suddenly you're out of it and you can float. It's very cool. I love the story. I think it's a brilliant metaphor. <laughs> you know what else is sometimes you don't have to, it doesn't have to be some big, huge change. Oh, no. 
Exactly. Sometimes it's just a little bit of a change, something mm-hmm. slightly different in the way we uh, perceive. I think because I think perspective is is the key here. It's not really always an action. It starts with a perception. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's like saying, you know, I tell the story, my very first coach, 2009, I was going through something really awful. And she could hear in my voice how distraught I was. And she was a fairly new coach, but she said something brilliant. She said, Cindy, what could I say to you right now that would make you feel better? Mm-hmm. And I said, I guess I just need somebody to tell me that everything's going to be all right. And she said, Cindy, everything's going to be all right. And that sounds so glib when I say it now. It's like, oh, duh, you know, but it really was what I needed. And yes. who, who knew what I needed? I knew. Like the car always knows, right? Exactly. And so he was, um, you know, I think about that as a coach. That might not be, I mean, I have asked that question now, but I think if I hadn't had the experience, you know, I might not be willing to ask my client, what can I say, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm the coach. I'm supposed to know what to say. But she didn't know what to say, and she asked me. And that's mm-hmm. what came out of my mouth. I just blurted it out. I just need somebody to tell me everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And I felt this huge weight lifted off me because it was verbalized, right? Mm-hmm. Someone was someone was telling me everything mm-hmm. was going to be okay. And you know what? Everything was okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's always the, the side that what you resist persists. And when mm-hmm. we when we go into um, – oh my God, I'm so stupid. I keep doing this. It's like we're resisting this version of us that we found ourselves to be. Um, and and if you keep putting on your attention on the version of you that you don't want to be, you're going to live to prove that version of you over and over again. Whereas if you can, if you can treat yourself the way you would uh, someone else that you love or something that you cherish and you go, okay, yes, you're back here, but Look at how things are changing. Look at how, because when in the, in the five days of finishing stuff group that I was just, uh, the program that I was just running, somebody posted pictures and said she was so embarrassed by them, by the before pictures, right? Of the work she'd done. And was like, that's the key part because if you are embarrassed by either who you are now or it, you, you verbalize this, did she say you're embarrassed by who you are now or the pictures that show who you've been? how you, you know, how your room's been or whatever. That's, that's so unsupportive of the version of you that got you to where you are now. Yes. Right? That's your previous self. And, and if you resist her, you're going to stay her or him. You're going to stay in the more, it's the same thing in your story. The more they resisted being in the river and going down the waterfall, the longer they stayed being on the river and going down the waterfall. When they stopped resisting, even if it was just like, oh, screw it, I'm just going to sit back and let the canoe go. Even before they started the appreciation part, that's the piece, the pattern recognition, like Cindy said, then the surrender, not surrender, but the acceptance of where we are, and then we can start to improve. But we cannot resist who we've been that got us to how we are now. And it's attached to energy levels. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, um, Jackie, I know you've coached at least one client before, probably <laughs> many, who want to just argue for their limitations, right? We do it. It's part right? of our humanness. Yes. And so, and that, that is a level of energy that's very low. Um, 
it's a very catabolic level of energy. And so I can imagine the people in the boat that are saying, you know, having all these reasons why it is going to happen. We are going to go over. We know we've done this before. Mm-hmm. And we know because we were too cheap to buy the bigger boat. Right? <laughs> right. We had to buy this little boat that to go off the side. Right? And, you know, all these reasons of all these things that we did, we knew we shouldn't have gotten in the boat in the middle of July. That's when it happened last time. Why are we doing this? Um, so as a coach, like that's something that I am not going to let a client do is argue for their limitations and say, yeah, but, yeah, but, the yeah, mm-hmm. but, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I hear myself doing it, because I'm human and I do it too, right? And I'm married to a really brilliant man who will, calls me on my bullshit all the time. And if I try to argue for my limitations, he does not let me. So see, he's learned things from me, right? Because he lives with me and now I have to live with myself, right? right. <laughs> live with someone calling it's, me out. It's also part of the brain science thing, right? Your brain is a confirmation bias machine. So if it is decided that you are stupid for being in the boat, it will find you a bazillion reasons why you're stupid for being in the boat. Right. When you decide <laughs> that you can be, you know, when when you consider being something else, if you consider hard enough, you don't even have to believe at that point, but if you consider with enough energy, your brain will go, oh, wait, okay, so you want evidence of how you're not that stupid. Well, remember that time that you learned your lesson before you got in the boat? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Well, we did that, and then, and then it will find all the other pieces, right? Um, in the finishing group, I know I keep, it's fresh in my mind at the moment, but in the finishing group, one of the first things I did was point out to everybody how many times they finish stuff in a day. Mm. Because yeah. their focus is on everything they haven't finished. And right. I said, you finished breakfast, you finished lunch, you finished cleaning your teeth, you finished getting dressed, hopefully. you, you <laughs> It's like all of these things that you finish, but we brains are very efficient, we don't learn to drive the car every time we get in it. So it it, it glosses over these things right. until it needs something to make you feel bad. Yeah. And then it'll draw it out because your brain doesn't want change. It's that big paradox of the human brilliance. We we have brains that are designed to keep us safe. Preferably vertical. Doesn't give a shit how we feel. It just wants us safe and change is not safe. So whatever changes, expect your brain to have an argument and expect it then to do its confirmation bias of this new thing that you want to believe. Yeah. And that's how it works. And, and where attention goes, energy flows. So the minute you go, well, this is not. I don't have to make this as bad. I can look at this thing and I can look at that thing, or I can just look at how amazingly I'm coping. And, you know, if you happen to be at work and you haven't killed anybody yet, this is a good thing. <laughs> um, you know, if you get to, if you get to 5 p.m. and you haven't thrown your PC at your boss, this is a mm-hmm. good thing. It these is. are, these are how you start noticing the things that are shifting your attention so that you're not focused on, even if you just put some really sort of gothic humor on some things, even that can help because it is, it is enough to shift, to break the pattern and give you something else to think about, literally to think about. Mm-hmm. And I so think cool. that, you know, a thing I, I, I noticed in myself years ago and sometimes even still, and I noticed it with um, 
a lot of other people, especially women and especially women that are like the primary, you know, housekeepers and the, the cook and, you know, all the things they do taking care of children is that since those things get done automatically every day, we do the laundry, we cook the meal, we take the kids to school, whatever it is we're doing in those kind of, and many of them are things that are unpaid, mm-hmm. unpaid labor type of things. Um, they don't go on the calendar. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, cause we, we do them automatically every day. So I don't, I don't schedule on my, or I, I actually do now, but I didn't <laughs> schedule on my calendar, take the kids to school or cook lunch or whatever, because, well, that was just going to happen. So I would look at my calendar and I would actually say to someone, Oh yeah, I don't have anything going on on Thursday. Well, yeah, I did. I had a full day worth of stuff. It's just that I, and so I didn't count it mm-hmm. in the same way that I didn't get paid money for it. I didn't value it myself and I didn't count it as being really worth anything. Right. Right. And so what would happen was I'd be like, no, my calendar's completely, somebody would call me, Hey, do you have any free days? I look at my calendar. Oh yeah. The only thing that went on my calendar is, you know, the kid had a dentist appointment or I had a doctor appointment or I had a meeting somewhere. Those went on the calendar. Everything else didn't because it didn't really in my mind need to be, but then there was no value attached to it. So I remember one time Mm -hmm. after all of those uh, jobs were over with and my kids were gone and everything. I was working for another coach before well, I had just been in coaching school and I was working for another coach and I was her VA and I, I had actually flown to LA and was staying with her and we were working together and we had like done a bunch of huge projects and got all this stuff done. And then one day she said, oh, well, I guess I should, Go try to write something, and I haven't really done much for the last three days. And, and, and I think she's feeling I haven't really done much because she finally had support because I was there helping her, right? And she right. was doing it all herself. But I said, "Are you kidding me?" And I named—I just rattled off the top of my head the 25 things we had done in the last 48 hours. And her eyes got big, and she said, "Oh my gosh! Wow, you're right." And it blew my mind. But I look back and I see how many times I do the same thing. I just don't count all these things that I do. And we all should take a look at everything we do because so much of it, like Jackie said, you don't learn to drive the car every time you get in it. So once you've learned, then driving isn't really, you don't count that as an accomplishment, but think about the first time you drove anywhere. All <laughs> it's especially a stitch lift without stalling. I had a, I had a business partner and I was working, we were working in a new lab that we had built back when I was in my twenties and he traded in the company car for a different company car that was a stick shift. Hmm. And I was in Menlo park driving back to, um, to Alameda, which is a long drive in rush hour traffic. And he handed me the keys to the new car and said, Oh, here's the keys to the new car. And I'd never driven a stick shift before. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> so for like an hour and a half in rush hour traffic in California, by the oh, time I got home, I was a mess, but I knew how to drive. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. My first, my first driving experience here in the States, um, my husband got an appendicitis attack um, two months after we arrived. Fortunately, three weeks after our medical insurance kicked in. That's a good thing. Yes. yes. And I had to drive from oh Minneapolis Hospital down south, if maybe people know, Minneapolis Hospital down south to Apple Valley um, on the wrong side of the road, I will just mention, because, <laughs> hello, you people drive on a different side. It sounds so funny now because I've been here so long, but it's, it was, okay, so the first time I drove, wrong side of the road, 
5 p.m. on a six-lane freeway. Oh, what fun. Yes. And I kept – I have this carbuncle on my finger from writing, and I kept rubbing it going right side of the road, right side of the road. And then I said to the two <laughs> kids at the back, because I had to take them with me. I'd left my husband at the hospital. so I had, And I said to them, don't talk to me. Just sit really quietly. I have to concentrate very hard. So we get home. We make it. We're intact. And I get out of the car, and I said to the kids – Thank you so much for being so quiet. And my daughter goes, we were praying, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's the best story. So, yes, so their prayers help to float the car on the right side of the road. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Yeah, but these are the things, right? And it's so funny because I have been driving perfectly fine. Um, in South Africa, on the other side of the road, with a stick, sh- stick shift. And now I've got, okay, thank God we had an automatic because I think if I'd have to worry about doing a stick shift as well, it would have been a disaster. But, yeah, you know, and, and just turning a corner, you don't think about it. It's like, okay, I want to turn left, but I've got to go to the right-hand side of the road. And it's mm-hmm. very complicated. And my brain's going. but it helps it's a pattern interrupt you definitely concentrate and you put your attention where it's supposed to be which was my attention was completely on getting home in one piece Mm -hmm. just this car needs to get to the house in the world apartment in apple valley that is the that is it and after you know and the kids were thinking the same thing (laughs) storming heaven as my mother would say um and yeah so but yes it's it is so interesting to see us we're thinking oh my god we're gonna die (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it is you know it's it's those things that we um that we can talk about afterwards and realize just how much we don't notice what we do. Mm. I never noticed the driving until I really, until things change. And then I'm going, Oh my God. Okay. Different, different. Everything's different. Why, why is the indicator on this side of the road of the car? You know, it mm-hmm. took me forever to not get in on the passenger seat. <laughs> I used to do this thing where I would open the passenger door and I'd start to get in and go, damn it, the steering wheel's on on the side. So I, I would put my handbag there like I always meant to, and then I would walk around with as much apartment dignity as I could possibly muster and sit myself down. In the... It was all planned. It was all planned. It was all planned. Yes, absolutely. I really did want to do, you know, they tell you in your in your driver's thing, you should do a circle of your car before you get in. Well, I did it. So <laughs> many times. <laughs> You did it very well. And then you go back to South Africa and the whole thing starts again. It's like, this is not real. Somebody moved it. I think to, uh, we actually saw someone driving a car the other day um, and they had the steering wheel on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, here in town. And I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, that's so weird. It was a big deal in South Africa to have a left-hand drive car. Um, mm. you know, because if they didn't import, then it was a left-hand drive car. And, oh, okay. um, yeah, it was it was so weird. So it reminds me of our conversation. I think we should all take time to look back like we're doing now, but to look Mm -hmm. back and realize how much you've accomplished in your life. No kidding. Mm -hmm. No kidding. And how much you've got good at. Mm -hmm. How much you've got good at, you know, humaning Mm -hmm. is not easy. Um, And we do a lot of things at once um, that we do not give ourselves credit for. Um, and it's and it's very much something again energy you know attention 
will will increase. If you appreciate what you've already accomplished, you will accomplish more. By the way, um, this all came off of one scenario that I laid out for these two life coaches. So anyone living to the li- listening to the live stream, I mean, you look what you get out of your, you get a lot for your money, right? You know, so if you have a question, throw it into the chat. I'll make sure it gets asked and, you know, you can have the same experience. But in the meantime, I wanted to, to throw in one other little thing to kind of tag onto your story there, Jackie, because when Louise and I went to Barbados, this was many years ago, we were in Barbados, Barbados drives on the left. Mm-hmm. And they also have some of the craziest drivers in the world. They have these little, I, I, they're, they're, the vehicles have different names in different places, like Tuk Tuk and things like that. No, it's like these, that these, these little, thing. yeah, little, mm-hmm. little tiny vehicles like that, it's a little bit longer than that, maybe like the size of a, of a small family bus kind of a thing. And they, you get 12, 14 people on this thing and then they're driving you up and down you know, the coastline there. And they're nuts. They're absolutely insane. At ridiculous speeds, yes. At ridiculous speeds, yeah. Going through intersections, you know, it's amazing nobody dies in in any of it. It's just they they all somehow kind of make it all work. And I I was talking about, well, you know, we don't really really want to ride that public transportation, but we want to get around. Why don't why don't we just rent a car? And I was thinking that was going to be a fun experience. I could, I could learn to drive on the, on the left hand side of the road. I'm sure I could handle that. And Louise was flipping out like, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it just illustrates how you, you can have the same situation with two people who are very much compatible with each other with two entirely different ways of looking at it and experiencing oh. it and mm-hmm. thinking about it and feeling mm-hmm. about it. And, and look, look how, I mean, here's how it actually influenced our vacation. We didn't rent a car. We actually yeah. hired a, we hired a taxi driver to take us around and he was like our permanent driver for the rest of the time that we were there, which it was, mm-hmm. by the way, a great experience. Mm-hmm. And but you survived, which is, we wonderful. did, which is a wonderful yes. thing, by the way. Yes. yes. Rather than ending up with somebody's speed bump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like you know my I, my my husband said he he drove obviously for nearly forty years in South Africa. So when we went back, he said, "Oh yeah, I'll drive." Well, my mother lives in in a in a town. Well, it's pretending to be a town, but it's really a retirement home. Really, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about it, it's just like it's a it's a one very large retirement home. And we were driving with her, and she sails through a stoplight. Oh, uh, not a stoplight, a stop sign. She stop slowed sign. down a little bit, but she kind of just sailed through. <laughs> she slowed and down a little bit. Yeah, just a little. It's like cursory glances and off she goes. And, and, and it's like, mom, that's a stop sign. And she goes, oh, it's just for visitors. I know the traffic around <laughs> <Right>. here. <laughs> that was when we decided not to drive. We would just. I, I understand. Like, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. safer not to. <laughs> there are some com- countries where traffic lights are suggestions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In Europe, it's sort of like the drivers in Europe are sort of like a school of fish. <laughs> they, they drive intuitively, you know? Yes. And the light may or may not mean anything. If they're going to stop, they all stop. But otherwise, they all cruise through. It's like, whoa. And driving on the Autobahn, that's mm-hmm. an experience. Oh, yeah. Where mm-hmm. there's no speed limit, right? Because we're used to something completely different. This is why when you buy cars that are made over there, they don't care about the cup holders, right? No, not no really. Drinking no. coffee while they're driving like 130 miles an hour. No. Yeah, handling is everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's funny though. It's it's one common experience, and we're talking about how it unfolds in all these different places. It's like completely different. Mm-hmm. You can't do it on autopilot mm-hmm. if you're from one place and you go to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. And, and the less on autopilot we are, the better, really. Well, right. that, ra- that raises another interesting question. So much. 
That that raises yeah. another interesting question. This kind of ties into where I, I put together my little uh, metaphor story in the first place, because I was asking myself a couple things. First, I was asking myself, how do we make changes in our lives to actually change our experience? What do the things? What are the things we do? And I was kind of playing out those scenarios in my mind. The second thing that I was asking myself is, why is it that we stay repeating the same patterns over and over again? Because that in the story, it was they kept focusing on what they didn't like and didn't want, and that is the normal human experience. That's mm-hmm. the way 99% of the population, maybe even 100%, depending on how you want to look at it, live their lives, you know, where it's all about, you know, what's the drama going on over here, the drama in the family, the drama on the screen, the drama in the theater. The, I mean, it's, the drama is everything. Every, everywhere, everything, it's all about the drama. The newscast, it's the sports report, it, it's all the drama. Because and we're then, required to keep ourselves safe. Yes, yeah. Which is odd. (laughs) That's the paradox, right? That we're designed to keep ourselves safe, but survival requires change. And yet in the process of wanting to keep ourselves safe, we continue to keep ourselves safe by putting ourselves in danger. Well, we don't need need the amount of keeping, of safekeeping that our brain was designed for. We don't need anymore. But there are a lot of things that we weren't designed for like we weren't designed for the internet <laughs> no we weren't designed for that amount of knowledge mm. and that the availability of activity and information and input yeah. yeah input yeah. right it's input overload and so i think that we we have adrenaline that happens on a level of being chased by a tiger when we're none of us are being chased by a tiger mm-hmm. that causes us to you know, it's kind of like the vicious circle of being afraid of change because of the reaction that we have in the body. Mm-hmm. So, so much of it is somatic. So, you know, we take small steps. That's mm-hmm. why I said, you know, we should celebrate even the small shifts. And sometimes the small shifts that we make in our behavior, the mm-hmm. small little pattern interruptions have really pay really big dividends. Yeah, have really big results. But they have to be noticed because you have to put your attention on them for right. more energy to go there, which brings That's us true. back to that, that same loop, right? So That's right. it's how you interrupt a pattern is by noticing when you interrupt the pattern. And then there's another phenomenon, too. And uh, I'm getting this one directly from the Thai boot camp that I'm going through right now. Um, now, you guys um, heard what happened after I had my initial stream session. I've been going through these modules that, that they have us do I'm on module five now. And it's been quite the ride. It's been a little bit crazy at times. I mean, there have been a couple of times where, I mean, I was I was going right down to low vibe instantly. Like, oh, what just happened here? And it was like, you know, being rocked all over the place and so forth. Um, but working through it and, and progress has been good. Um, but David m- made a, a point about something during the group meeting yesterday. Or was it th- during the group meeting? No, I, actually it was in a video. I can't remember what the source was, but it was, he, he made this point very recently. He said that people go through the boot camp and, and the way you know that you graduated, well, first of all, you've completed all the modules and all the steps and so forth, but you've also achieved like this major breakthrough that you've been trying to achieve. That was the reason why you got into it in the first place. So that's how mm-hmm. you know you're ready to graduate. He says a very interesting thing happens. We get people going through the boot camp. They're developing all these habits. They're working with them. They're making the changes in their lives. They succeed. They go through boot camp and then they start reverting back to the old patterns again because they stop doing the new behaviors. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I want you guys, I want you guys to comment on that a little bit because that's also a big part of not only the pattern but the unlearning of the patterning. Yeah, unlearning of a pattern. And because yeah. we revert back to what's easy. 
Yeah. Yeah. We don't have this program that we're in that's giving us assignments and holding us accountable. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you want to hire Jackie and me, (laughs) (laughs) we will, we will keep you accountable to Ah, all the behavior. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. being in a, in a program, that kind of thing. It does do that. It does. Um, but, but I refer to who you've been as a resume role. But the thing is that brain science will tell you that neural pathways never go away. And your, and your brain is an efficiency machine, which is why we don't have to learn to play, to drive a car again. Um, so when you stop getting the stimulus that nudges you towards the new behavior, you're going to go back down that neural pathway that's eight miles wide and the glass highway, right? You're going to, you're going to go there because it's the least resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's the easy way. It's the default. Um, Until you can default to the one you're learning. And that takes so much more time than you think. Mm -hmm. Practice. It takes practice. Rehearsal, practice, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and reminding. And keeping it front of mind so that your attention is on it. Um, like you have to concentrate on driving. When you're driving the first time, right. you have to concentrate. as like, oh, my God, I have to do the indicator and this and that. And that. You're, everything has to happen at the same time. Um, until one day you get to work and you go, oh, I'm here already. <laughs> How did I get here? Yeah, you know, so it, it is that. And that's that's how change happens. But it is you will revert if you have not shifted your identity. In other words, have you become somebody that yep. does this? Or are you still being somebody who's learning to do this? Mm-hmm. It's very different. And so it's that jump out of student mode into embodiment. So you're learning something, or you embody it, and then you can teach it. Right. And sometimes embodiment and teaching can help each other. But mm-hmm. student mode is a very different thing. It's like you'll say to people, I keep trying to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah. keep trying to do this or trying to. Be- well, yeah, you are somebody who's trying. You're doing it really <laughs> well, by the way. <laughs> Kudos on being an accomplished trier. That's, That's very right. <laughs> right. Um, well, I always say if you're going to do something, you might as well do it well. Yeah. Right. Well, you may as well just do it. Just That's be right. somebody who's doing it. Um, and again, we swing back to acknowledgement. Acknowledgement when you've done it, when you did it, when you mm-hmm. were somebody who did that. It's like people talk about, um, you know, I'm, I want to, I want to be, I want to be rich or I want to be skinny or whatever it is. Well, they're still stuck in the person who's becoming that. Mm-hmm. We're not embodying somebody who is, and that's a very different different way of thinking of things. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, they they the people in your canoe, they became somebody who wasn't worried about going over the edge. That's right. And consequently, didn't go over the edge. They didn't go over the edge, but yeah. they kept they kept doing it too, right? So it's like if you want to do something well, you often have to be willing to do it badly. Oh yeah. And, and so often. you reach the point where you are mastering it, where you are mm-hmm. doing it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call those the scenery, you know, those, those times that you walk into the scenery. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it happens. <laughs> or the door doesn't open. You're supposed to exit in a huff and the damn door doesn't open. Um, we've all had those moments, but who you are when you're handling those moments is what you take with you. 
I always thought it must be really miserable to beat the guy who, who's manning the set who didn't do the right thing to make sure the door opened properly and the actor's staring at him like, what on earth did you do to ruin my scene? You are so dead. Yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it is. Uh, yeah. The backstage stories are always the best. I'm sure they are. <laughs> like the guy who got concussion because there's a bloody great red X on the, on the floor underneath the weight that drops the fly, you know, so they have got to do a counterbalance. Yeah. So there's a huge weight on a chain and it comes down really fast as the fly disappears into the ceiling. There's a big X that says, do not stand here. So he's standing there. Oh, jeez. Like, okay. All oh. right. I suppose you had to do it once. Yeah. <laughs> Did he survive? That's well, the question. Well, he was fine. He just got a bump on his head. But oh, it's good. Like, you know, it's like, um, okay, here we go. This is something that, that is some, he will not be, again, a person who stands on a red X. No, Pumps. probably not. No. Yeah, that, that, be... that happens to us, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we learn something the hard way the first time and not going to have that happen again. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad luck. Uh-huh. It's, not like, it's not like the universe kind of snuck up on us because – the universe was getting us all kind of cues before that. Right. It's just that we, we got to the point where the only way we were listening was with the two by four. And so the universe delivered the two by four, but mm-hmm. there was also the nudge on the shoulder and the kick in the knee. And, and there was all the other stuff that came before that. And we just kept ignoring it and ignoring it and ignoring it. I always say this started. about relationships. There's only two kinds of red flags, the ones you see and the ones you ignore. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I love that. Yes. That's very true. And it's interesting when you think about the people going over the, the, um, the, the waterfall. It's like, okay, you're in your story. It was lifetimes. And you know, we can talk about how lifetimes you, you get that sort of amnesia in between because it's necessary. But if you're going to do, if you're going to like, there are those among us who learn things the first time. It's like they, they'll have an, a, 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 an experience and they'll go, okay, here's what I glean from this. I'm not going to do that again. And mm-hmm. there are other people who kind of have to keep getting into the same mess often to learn that same lesson. <laughs> and I think, I think it'd be really cool if most of us, I, but then I do think that that's part of the evolution of humanity is that we learn faster because more people have made the same mistake. Well, that's an interesting point. I want to amplify that in the last four or five minutes that we've got left. If we could actually do a show on this one, but we'll, we'll, we'll limit it down. And that is the idea of, it gets expressed a lot of different ways. I'll call it community knowledge mm-hmm. where one person or a group of people learn something and suddenly everybody in the next generation have learned it. It's the quantum field, yes. The quantum field, that's a good way yeah, to Yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. This is why my two-year-old grandbaby can pick up an Apple tablet and go, and she knows how to swipe left, she knows where the finger goes, she knows how to choose a show, and it's like, really? You're, you can't even put mm-hmm. a complete sentence together yet, and you're using yeah. this piece of machinery. It right. just blows my mind. But, yeah, it is the quantum knowledge is, is how it, it's a fabulous thing to play with. So it raises another interesting question. We have, as you ladies both indicated earlier on in, in the, two, the, the, the various commentaries you were making, that we have a limited mind. We have a limited brain. It, it can only do so much. And yet look what we're able to do in order to compensate for that. Mm-hmm. Generationally, we're able to pass stuff along so that even though the brain can only focus on one particular thing at a time, it still manages to have all this other knowledge right at the fingertips to yeah. do with as it needs to. I don't know that we have a limited brain, but I do think that we, um, that our attention on things can only, we only have so much capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think most of us are amazed at what we can accomplish if we just believe we can. 
Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, the key. That's something also that I've been experiencing in the boot camp. We're, we're, we're at a point now where at, at module five, you have a pretty good idea of, of what the lay of the land is. I mean, you, you've been through the major steps and the major steps are essentially, um, you, you practice meditation, you practice journaling, um, you tie those together and then you're, you're, um, doing a thing that they call a quick rise or I can't remember what they call it. Basically a quick way of, of getting up into a high vibration state when you're in a mm-hmm. low vibration state. Um, by the way, that's the, the tool I love best. The one that they gave us for that. Um, in fact, they just added a module or maybe it's a sub module on how to do that one. And it, it's, it's so breathtakingly simple when you think about it. All, all they're really suggesting is, um, you do a three step method. The first step being you do something really, really simple, low thought, ironing, um, doing the dishes, you know, driving the car, something that doesn't require a lot of attention just to kind of get yourself off of that really negative space that you're in for a bit. And then on top of that, after you've done that for a bit, then you do like three to five appreciations about stuff so that you can kind of take that that walking walking up the steps of the uh, Abraham Hicks scale. So to mm-hmm. speak. And then after you've done the three appreciations or five appreciations, then you do a meditation on top of that. In other words, you do a series of these things. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you'll rise right up to the high vibration. And what I've found so far, I don't have to get to the meditation. I mean, I'm up there after the second step. So I'm thinking, wow, what happens if I ever get really depressed? I'll bet you, I'll bet you I can bounce right up. I mean, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I love Very that. Cool. To have a tool mm-hmm. like that one. So that's been my my best takeaway so far. But I mean, that that basically lays out what what we're doing. We're we're learning how to do a quick rise up the up the vibrational spiral. We're we're getting into the meditative practice on a regular basis. We're journaling about it. We're we're and then um, the the big takeaway I had from today's um, module five was not only do you do those things, but you're also doing your dreaming when you're at the high end of the vibrational scale, mm-hmm. which is not the way I often had done it in the past. I would dream, I, I would try to create my ideal dream state when I'm feeling depressed, which doesn't work real well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you end up producing just stuff that you don't really want to have. And I hadn't thought about that. Like, wow, yeah. Why do we do that? But you're right. You know, thank you for that piece of information because I really do need to do the dreaming when I'm in the high vibrational state. I love so, the first step too. I often encourage people to do that. Look, Move, just mm-hmm. move. get out of the chair, go for a walk, go do something like you said, go wash the dishes, go do something that you're not having to, but you're shifting energy because you're yes. getting up and going to do something else. And that's a nice first step before you go into those appreciations, because it doesn't require you to suddenly be happy when you're feeling terrible. Right. right. So a nice smooth mm-hmm. entry point. Yeah, that's great. It's Perfect. really good. Yeah. Dance breaks. That's yes. right. It is. Yes. Put something on. At the moment, I'm kind of hooked on Tijuana Brass. Okay. Get me moving in no time at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. Yeah. Yeah. Herb Albert does not fail on that score. No, no he doesn't. <laughs> yes. Well, this has been fun. I'm glad you enjoyed my uh, little metaphor story. Fabulous story. Yeah. I love this too. It's great. Yeah. Yes. That was fun. I, I had fun dreaming it up too. It's actually encouraging me. Maybe I'll come up with some more like that. Something That's to do good. in the future. Yeah. Or yeah. make a video game. And- it's Ooh, a, an interesting it's like a video game initially and it's like wow and then i loved the whole metaphor i just thought it was brilliant yes really really good well thank you very much now i feel mm-hmm. really really I'm, i was even i was on a high vibe now i'm i'm even a higher vibe than i was well, before. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> so ladies thank you very much i look forward to talking to you next week thank you especially to our podcast listeners everywhere we will see you all next time here on LOA today goodbye everybody. all right thank bye. you bye, bye.